How's everybody doing today? Amen. Let's just keep on worshiping. Well, we've been talking about what it means to be Christian. Let's do this. Let's just stand up together, and we're going to, uh, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer together. You know, when Jesus um, was teaching us to pray, he said, okay, here's how you pray. And it's a real short prayer, and he didn't intend for us just to pray this prayer alone. But there's some points in here that he wants to make that are pretty big, and so that's why I wanted us to look at it. And so let's just say it together. You can say it with me if you want, or you can just uh, say it in your head. I'm reading out of Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 9, and reading it in that version. It's uh, New King James. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Um, Father, I just pray today that as we teach your word that you would be in this, God, that your spirit would lead God and direct that you would plant this word in every heart, God, exactly where it needs to go. I don't know why all these people came, but Lord, you know every single one of them and what's in their heart, every need they have. So I ask God that you would meet those needs with your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So when you do the Lord's Prayer, when you say the Lord's Prayer, there's some things that stick out to me right away when Jesus says, I want you to pray like this. In fact, he's saying this, what it means to be Christian is there's a certain way Christians pray. And here's the way they pray. They pray, first of all, to their father. They don't pray to some mysterious God somewhere, somebody else's God or something. He's saying you're praying to your father, something that's very personal to you. And that's the way every Christian should pray. When we go to him, he's like our daddy, like Abba, Father. And then he tells us to do something that sounds a little unusual, and that is he says, I I'm praying that your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but every line in the model prayer, every line in the Lord's prayer is an invitation for God to come get involved in our life, our everyday life. He's saying, this is the way I want you to pray. I want you to pray that every day you are asking God to come down from heaven, get into your world, and make a difference. I think he's telling us something here. A real Christian is not just in his head. A real Christian is very practical. A real Christian has daily dealings with God, and God is actually in his life doing something. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but when he says, you know, heaven come to earth, you know, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth, he's he's saying as it is in heaven. Do you realize in heaven nobody needs a better job? Do you realize in heaven that nobody's poor? Do you realize in heaven there's no domestic violence, there's no sex trafficking, there's no prostitution, there's no abuse, there's no domestic violence, there's none of that stuff in heaven. When you're praying that, you're praying that God's perfect kingdom will flood into your world, and so you're, it's really kind of a dangerous prayer because what you're saying is, God, let heaven invade my home, let heaven invade my heart. I submit my ways to your ways, God. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you know that there's no sickness in heaven. There's no cancer in heaven. And he's saying we should be praying every day. We should say, God, like it is in heaven, let it be on earth. God, like it is in heaven, let it be on earth. 
And then he says this peculiar thing. He says, give us this day our daily bread. It's not a request. It's a command. It's like, it's like a child to a daddy. It's like, dad, give me something to eat. Give us this day our daily bread. Bread. He's not just talking about food. He's talking about everything you need. Jesus is the bread of life, and that means that he, when, you, when you take the bread of life into your being, it takes care of every need you have as a human being, all the way from salvation to breathing, everything you have. But it's interesting, it's, it's in the form of a command, and it's interesting that he uses this word daily. Give us this day our daily, daily. It's the only place in the whole Bible where that word is used. And it's a word that means every day, but it goes beyond that. What it means is it's a now word. It's a when word. It's a when, W-H-E-N. It's a when word. When are you going to give it? Today. Because this is the only day you have. He's speaking to us as Christians. Christians are commanded by God really to live in today, not in yesterday's hurts, not in yesterday's failures, not in yesterday's messes, not in tomorrow's what-ifs. Not in tomorrow's fears or worries. None of that. He said, this day, I'm going to give you what you need. I know what you need before you ask it, but I'm still wanting you to ask. I want to come and get involved in your life. What it means to be Christian means that we believe in miracles. We believe in miracles. Now, some people are like, oh, well... Miracles are few and far between. And, and even some people would be so bold as to say, the day of miracles has passed. I feel sorry for those people. What a boring life. I just want to say that God works miracles in my life all the time. I, maybe I need them. I don't know. Maybe I back myself in the corner too much. Maybe I just need too many miracles. But he's always working miracles. Say, well, what's a miracle? A miracle is when God gets involved in your life. That, you, you may think that sounds so, so little, but no, no, God is amazing. He only does wonderful things. So when he touches your life, I don't care at what section, when he intersects your life, it's a miracle. Everything from speaking to you to making a tumor fall off, it's a miracle. You know, some miracles are, are really spectacular. They're out there. Everybody can see them. People have, you know, hurt legs, and they, they, they get up, and they put their crutches down, and they begin walking, and other people have growths on their body, maybe a tumor or something, and they disappear. We have seen those things happen in our church. We've seen those things happen. It's spectacular, but not all, not all miracles are spectacular. Some miracles are unseen. Some miracles are on the inside. Some, you can't see God healing a blood disorder, but he can do it. It's miraculous. Some miracles are very public. Everybody can see them. Some miracles are secret. Only you see them in your secret place. There's times God does a miracle for you personally, and it's just you. Maybe it's not even meant to be public. It's just when God gets involved in our life, he causes something to happen, and he intervenes for our good. Every miracle is for our good. People say, you mean it's never for our bad? What? No, he says that everything in our life, he works together for our good because we love him and because we're called to a purpose that's his. 
And he takes all, those, all the things we go through, and some of them are really hard, some are really bad. But he turns them, and he touches them miraculously and makes them good. I don't know how he does that, but he is, he's smart enough to do that. In fact, I've been walking with God for 43 years, and, and I can tell you this. I've, I've grown more through tribulation and hardship than I have at any other time. Sometimes you go through something that's really, really hard. Sometimes you do it to yourself. Sometimes other people do it to you. It doesn't matter. It's a hard time. And when you come through it, you realize, oh, my goodness, you're a miracle-working God. You have worked this all around for my good. It's amazing. But I, what I want to talk about today is the greatest miracle, in my opinion, that we experience as Christians on a regular basis. And the greatest miracle that I think we experience as Christians on a regular basis is knowing what to do and knowing when to do it. If you know what to do and you know when to do it, you're going to walk an abundant life. There's no doubt about it. And the amazing thing is God gives us that opportunity. God gives us an opportunity to know what to do and to know when to do it. Back in Chronicles, he's talking about a, a guy named Issachar, and he's one of the 12 sons of Jacob, and he's listing all the sons of Jacob there in, in Chronicles, and he gets to Issachar, and each person he's talking, he's given, he's given a purpose for their life. He's given a, a characteristic about their life, and when he gets to Issachar, he says that this, this thing about Issachar, he says that these men of Issachar, they understand the times, and they know what we should do. Now, you say, well, I'm not Issachar. Well, let me just tell you how it worked. In the Old Testament, the same God was there, the same Holy Spirit was there. It's just that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was only poured out in measure to certain people at certain times. So in Issachar's case, he had been given a measure of the Spirit, and what it did with him was it helped him to understand the times, and, it under, and he understood what he should do in those times. So how does that affect us? Well, if you're Christian, and this is the cool thing about Christian. What does it mean to be Christian? It means that God has poured out his Holy Spirit on every one of us without measure. It says it in John. He gives us his Spirit without measure. The only measure is your faith. If you have no faith, you don't have much power in the Spirit of God. You don't see much with God because the only restriction is us and our lack of faith, our, act of, act of, our uh, lack of belief. So in the New Testament, everything that was promised in the Old is given to the New Testament believers. Do you ever wonder why Jesus said about John the Baptist? He was talking about John the Baptist. He says, John the Baptist is the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. He's the greatest there's none greater. And then he says this crazy statement after that. He says, as great as John was, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Why did he say that? Because it's true. Because every believer in the New Testament that receives the Spirit of God 
receives it without measure. Everyone prior to John the Baptist had received the Spirit in measure, only for certain times and certain places and certain ways. So when, when we, he said, the least in the kingdom of God, every believer has the capacity and the opportunity to walk in the fullness of God if our faith dares to believe it. We can know the times of, that we're living in, and we can know what to do at just the right time. It's an amazing thing. It's the difference between having an abundant life and having a life of mediocrity. A lot of people know the right thing to do. Maybe they hear it in a sermon or read it in the Bible or they do something. They know the right thing to do. But when you do the right thing at the wrong time, it ends up being the wrong thing. Doing the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. It's so important that we know what to do and when to do it. Matthew 9, I like this version of this story. This is the woman with the issue of blood. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 20. Jesus is going along the road with a bunch of guys, and they're going on a mission, and they're doing something, and they're, uh, suddenly this woman has this flow of blood for 12 years, and she comes from behind him, and she touches the hem of his garment. And she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And Jesus turned and said, saw her, and he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Is that a miracle? That's a real bona fide miracle, isn't it? How many miracles are in that? How many miracles are there? I mean, there's one miracle that's spectacular. The woman was healed instantly. Bam. But the one that was not seen is just as spectacular. She touched the fringe of his robe because she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Where did she get that thought? And how come she knew to do that? And how come she knew that now was the time? It's because the Spirit of God spoke it to her and said, if you can just get in there and touch the hem of his garment, you're going to be healed. She had the, what she needed to do, and she knew when she needed to do it, and then what was left? Thank you for finishing it. you got to do it. It's not enough to have truth. It's not enough to know God wants to heal you. It's not enough to, to know all the right answers. It's not enough. You need to know the right thing. You need to know God's will. And then you need to know the timing. And again, guess what? Then you've got to act in faith on that timing. Or you won't see the miracle. Many times we don't see miracles because people might know what God's will is and they might know even that it's time to go in faith, but their pride keeps them sitting down. Their pride keeps them from asking. Their pride keeps them from acting. Their pride keeps them from praying. Their pride keeps them from going to someone and having them lay hands on them. Their pride keeps them from getting prayer. Their pride keeps them in their seat and they never see miracles. You know we should see 10 times the miracles we see? Because it's God's heart that we walk in miracle power all the time. It's what Christianity means. You say, well, I don't know about miracles. Well, if you're born again, you've experienced a miracle. 
I don't know if you know that, but God saw you. He sought you out, and then he called you. You say, well, how did he call you? Well, maybe it was through your ears. Maybe it was through something you saw. Maybe it was through just a knowing in your heart. But he called you to himself. And when you said yes, you did exactly what the woman did in the issue of blood. He was telling you something, and you acted on it, and you received salvation in God's spirit because you participated, and you got saved. That's what it, it's the same thing. And we do it time after time after time. That's, how, that's what it means to be Christian. You don't just learn things in a book and do things that you learn in a book. It's a, it's a relationship with God. Jesus said a really profound thing in Matthew 4, 4. He said, man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not every word that has preceded from the mouth of God. You see, this is every word that's preceded from the mouth of God. But we live by every word that proceeds. It's happening now. It's the words God's speaking to us today. It's the words he speaks to us now. It's the now words. It's the daily word. Give us today's needs, God. He wants us to be participating with him every day. He wants to be in our life every day. Okay, this is a boat. In case y'all didn't know what that was. Why do I have this up here? Because this is one of my favorite stories. Wendy and I used to have a boat. We, we, went, we went to buy a boat one time, a long time ago. And, uh, and the reason I like this story is because a lot of people will go, well, a boat's not a need. You know, that's kind of like first world problems. You know, it's really not a need. But we wanted to buy this boat. And we, just want, we didn't want to just buy a boat. We wanted to buy a Baja boat, and nobody in Amarillo saw, sold Baja boats, so we had to go all the way to Oklahoma City to buy this boat. And so we made the drive over there, and there was a dealership over there, and we went in, and oh, we found the boat, you know, the boat. And we were going to buy the boat. And so we made a deal with the salesman, and it was a great deal, but something inside, and I stop. Anytime you say that, just stop yourself and say, no Christian should ever say, something made me think, no, it's God, it's the Spirit. God, God had put in our heart that we didn't want to sign the dotted line with this boat until we had test-driven it. And you go, well, that makes sense to me. But no, no, think about this. If you're test-driving a car, you just get in and drive around the block. If you're test-driving a boat, it's a little bit bigger deal. They were not thrilled. But we want to test-drive the boat before we sign the dotted line. So the salesman got it. He loaded it up. He, he, you know, he hooked it to the truck. He drove, and they found a lake, and they put it in the water, and off we went. Me and Wendy and the salesman, and he's driving, you know, and he's just idling out of way, out of the no-wake zone, and then he gets out, puts the hammer down, and it just sounds like a barrel of bolts. It's like, <laughs> Wendy and I looked at each other, and we thought, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We instantly knew, because Wendy and I have lived our life this way our whole married life. We've been together nearly 40 years. And we do this with, with everything we buy, everything we invest in, everything nearly that we do, every big decision we make, and we do it, and it almost gets comical because God always gets involved in our life. And we knew at that moment. Now, it was, it was difficult to say, Mr. Salesman, I know you've gone to all this trouble, and I know you've taken this. And he's like, oh, we'll just go back and find another boat. There's something wrong with this. And we said, no, we're not supposed to buy the boat. It's a sign. We, and they always look at you and go, a sign? 
You say, yeah, it's a sign. God takes care of us, and we know that we're not supposed to buy this boat. We could have pushed past. We could have gone back and said, well, we don't want to hurt this guy's feelings. You know, I, I would rather offend a man than offend a God. You know, it's like we ask him to get involved in our life, and then when he does, we want to push past the stop sign. You know, it's like he throws up a stop sign. Don't roll through it. If you've asked him to be in your life, believe it when he is. He stopped us. So we got in the car. We drove home. We didn't cry about it. We knew that, you know, it's going to be okay. In fact, we were thankful because we knew God had intervened, and we knew that God was real. We knew that God would not let us down. We knew that God gives us the desires of our heart, even on something as goofy as a boat. Well, we came home, and a few months later, guess what? We found a Baja boat that was for sale locally. Some guy had one for sale. It wasn't very old. It was in great shape. We made a deal on that boat. We bought it. And I think we had that boat for like seven years. And after seven years, we sold it for what we bought it for. I'm just saying God had our best interest in mind. He wasn't keeping something from us. He was keeping something better for us. But we had to say, we believe that daily he leads us. Daily he provides for us. Daily he gives us what we need. But, you know, we could have cried about it, and we could have felt sorry for ourselves, and we could have gone home. You know, we could have done all kinds of things. But we've just learned to wait. Even this year, we were making a real estate purchase, and uh, we had looked at all these things that were available, and we were going to buy something, and... Uh, we had looked at, okay, this for that money and this for that money and this for that money. And Wendy's great on research, and she just did all this research. And pretty soon it was clear that we didn't have any clear direction. And so I said to her, I said, Wendy, we're just going to stop, and we're not going to do anything until we know what God wants us to do. And if we don't get anything, so be it. We're not supposed to get it. And we've learned after so many years together and doing this so many times, we both were like, thank you, God. So we just put it aside. Two days later, one of the properties we had looked at came back online. They had cut their price like 70%. 70%. They didn't even negotiate. We didn't even call them and negotiate. We just said, okay, we want it. That's great. We knew exactly that God had operated on our behalf. And it, you, you may think this is hokey, but this is what it means. Give us our daily bread. This is what it means. God, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. God wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to have the desires of our heart. He doesn't want us to eat by. He doesn't want it. He wants you in abundant life. But you have to know what to do and when to do it. And you have to be willing to let him lead you in that. He has your best interest in mind. Always. And even on something like Healy. I mean, here was Paul in Acts. He's preaching, and there's a bunch of people around. But there's this one guy, and he's crippled, sitting there. He's crippled on his feet. He'd been crippled all his life. He was born that way. And he's sitting there listening, and Paul's preaching. And it says, as he listened to Paul, and as Paul was speaking, Paul looked directly at him and said this. He saw that he had faith to be healed. Isn't that crazy? He saw that he had faith to be healed. Here's, what, here's, here's my interpretation. You know God's will is to heal always. I don't always know the timing. 
But Paul was sitting there preaching the word of God. This man who had been sitting there for who knows how many years, crippled in his feet from the time he was born. And Paul suddenly sees that something happened in the man and he could see something in the spirit. He didn't see it in the natural. He saw it in the spirit and he could see it and he knew now's the time. And what did he say to the guy? He said, stand on your feet. And guess what? He stood on his feet because he knew what God wanted to do and suddenly he knew when he wanted to do it. And at that moment, bam, it happened. Because that's the key to abundant life. Knowing what to do and knowing when to do it. There's no mystery with Christians. We should never be in a position where we're in a quandary. There's never in a position where we're in confusion. If we're in confusion, we just sit down and we just wait because God wants to bring us clarity. And the only reason we get into confusion is we push past stop signs. We push past yield signs. We push past what we know, and we get into confusion because we get in an area that we shouldn't be in at all. God's timing is everything. And I believe this is how we grow in that. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. And this is for mature Christians. This is not for just someone who is casual. This is not for someone that just not really walking with the Lord. It says that this is for those that are of full age. What does that mean? For those that have grown up in the Lord. You've grown up in the Lord. You, you've, like I'm saying here, you know, you've got some years here where you've walked with God and you've learned how God operates in your life. You've learned to trust him and you've learned that he has your best interest and you know that he's leading you the right way. It doesn't mean that nothing goes wrong in your life. Don't get me wrong. All it means is that every time something goes wrong in your life, you can have hope because you know it's going to turn to your good. Even if you did it. Think about that. These are at full age, and he defines what full age is. It's those people by reason of use that have had their senses exercised. Your senses exercise, your five senses, you know. You exercise them so that you can discern both good and evil. Now, this isn't about sin. This is not like, oh, I'm discerning, my, I'm, I'm training my senses to know what's sin and what's not sin. That's not what this is about. The Spirit of God was sent to convict of sin and of righteousness. You don't need, I mean, he's the one that tells you what's right and wrong, and you know it in your heart. I don't have to tell you that you're wrong. I mean, God will. That's not my job. My job is to give you good news. But anyway, so you've trained your senses to discern what's good for your life and what's bad for your life. You've learned to know what to do and when to do it and what to do and what not to do in, the, in, in, in alignment with what God wants for your life. You train your senses. You may not see it like Paul saw. I see that the guy has faith to be healed. You may not hear it. You may not hear the voice of God, but you can put it in your knower. You can feel it. You can, you can sense it. You would not be born again if you did not have senses that drew you to the Lord. You know, sometimes we say things like, you'll hear God or you'll see God, and those are misleading, but we have such limited words, and what we should say is that we communicate with God. God communicates with us. He can do it in any number of ways, and he'll do it in your own language, in your own way. He knows how to get through to you. 
That's not the problem. It's not the problem that God doesn't communicate with us. The problem is we don't always listen to it because we don't like what he has to say sometimes. Especially if he tells us no or wait. Not now. This is how we grow in the Lord. He's given every Christian this understanding. He's given every Christian this ability to know the time and what to do. And so I believe that God wants us to have an opportunity today. I believe that today is one of those now times. I believe that this is what God said when he said, give us this day our daily bread. He was talking about right now. There's a lot of people that come to church and God can never get through to their heart because they're so wounded by church in the past that they don't let God in the, in the now do anything in their life. They've been manipulated or they've been spiritually manipulated and, and they don't want to open their heart back up. And I just want to encourage you today to open your heart to God and let him do something now today. There's not a person in this room that God doesn't want to minister to now, today. Don't worry about the future. We don't even know if we have a future. All we know is we have right now. And so God's speaking today, and I want to give him an opportunity to do something today. And so I've asked Daniel to come up and share briefly about on um, first Wednesday ministry nights. You know, we've been doing these ministry nights on Wednesday nights, and it's the first Wednesday of every month, and we're going to continue to do that as long as they don't get burnt out. We're going to continue to do it. Um, but it's been pretty remarkable, and I just wanted Daniel to come up here and share about it because Daniel walks in a, a, a really unique ministry, and he and Krista both. And so, Daniel, come on up and share with us a little bit. Y'all give Daniel a hand. I don't know. Here. I guess we can do this. Just talk in there. I'll stand here real close to you. Okay. Hold on. I don't know how to put yeah. this thing on like this. No, just, 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 just be careful. I'll just talk like this. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, how's everybody? Is it working? <laughs> okay. Stand, stand really. Yeah. Just lay hands. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I feel like we're starting a boy band right now. I'm not going to lie, but anyway. <laughs> We're practicing some dance moves, but um, so Wednesday nights, uh, first Wednesday of every month, we do healing and services in the sanctuary, so definitely want to encourage you to come for the first Wednesday in November. It's really powerful, but uh, it really is focused around hearing what God wants to do in the moment and then acting on it, and so like, just like Daryl was talking about how the Lord communicates with you, I think everyone in the room, God communicates with you every day. We just don't always recognize it. So one of the things the Lord always has done in my life since we've been working this is like words of knowledge or feelings in my body. Like I will get sensations that I don't normally have. And so like an example, a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night, I get this really burning sensation in my stomach. My stomach started hurting really bad. I don't normally have stomach pain. So I'm like, okay, God, you want to heal someone with stomach pain right now. So I just said, hey, is anybody in the room struggling with stomach issues? A gentleman comes up, and he's like, I've got diverticulitis. It's hurt for a long time. It hurts right now. So, again, God, this is the moment God wants to heal stomach issues. You recognize it. You move, laid hands, prayed for him. Said he felt some burning and tingling sensation, which is always like to ask what God's doing so you can keep going or know where to stop or keep pushing forward. So 
felt like the Lord had done a work. He left, um, said he felt better. Last Wednesday night, he actually came up to us after the service and said, hey, it hasn't hurt since you prayed for me three weeks ago. And so thought that was the time. And so... And so just different things like that. We had a, on Wednesday night, I, my shoulder started hurting really bad. I'm like, they want to have shoulder pain. The lady came up. She can only lift it to about here. It hurt really bad. So we kept praying and praying. And then she could lift it up and said, hey, it doesn't hurt anymore. So God moved in that. Words of knowledge. We had our youth get involved this Wednesday. And that was really, really cool. Last, the Wednesday before, so two weeks ago, my wife went up to the youth and just said, hey, we want to teach you guys to hear what God's saying and build your faith in that. So we had them get a card and pen, and we had them write down who God wanted to minister to a week in the future, because you know God knew who was going to be here, even though we didn't. So they wrote down things on the card that they thought were crazy. Some of them had purple shirts. Some of them had the word sandwich written on there. Someone had gold, large gold chain. They're like, what does this mean? I'm like, just trust us. It'll be fun. So they get here Wednesday, and of course, they're terrified, you know, just like we all are when God says, go do something. And so we had them come up and said, okay. You're going to believe that what you saw last week, God was communicating, and now is the time for that person to encounter the Lord, and they did. Like one of the, my wife actually had a, she had the one that said large gold chain, and there was a gentleman sitting in the back over there that had like this Flava Flav style gold chain. I mean, it was huge. Like we didn't know he was going to be there, but God did, and, she, and, and, and the word she had written on her card was specifically for him. Some of our youth girls had purple shirt or um, scrunchy hair braid, something like that. And there was a little girl back here who had a purple shirt on and like a little scrunchy fuzzy braid thing. They got to pray for that person. Another youth member had a certain type of shoes written down. And there was someone with those shoes on and they had a word written on their card just for them. So that's that in this moment. But those happen every day. And so I don't want to keep going on and on and on. But I really feel like what Daryl's trying to say is I want you guys to recognize that the Lord communicates with you every day. Um, you might not feel things in your body like I do, but you wake up sometimes and you have someone on your mind. Or there's a song at work that you can't get out of your head that you haven't heard in a long time, and there's a reason for that. Or you're driving and something says you should go in that store right now. Like Those are those moments and God has you out there to encounter the world around you. But we really believe like today, and we saw it in the first service, that God wants to move. If it's the millionth time that you've had this issue that you want prayed for, today's the day. Come up and let us pray yes. for it again. If you've asked again and again and again for healing, today's the day. If you need breakthrough in your finances and your family or wherever, today is the day. I want you to act like it's the very first day you've asked for it. Um, so we're going to go ahead and ask the ministry team to come forward, and I'll let you kind of take over from there. But All right. You good? Yeah, Thank gonna, you, Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, this isn't just about healing your body, even though that's a big part of it. If you need direction in your life, this could be family issues, uh, healing issues, um, anything. You just need God to give you a word. I'll just tell you this. One word from the Lord can change your life. You just need to hear it or or whatever. Communicate. He needs to communicate with you and you need to know it. And that's what we want to pray for you today. We want to pray that God will communicate with you and you can get your now today daily bread right now what you need. So, God, we pray that the bread of life would just be available all over this room, that your people would have the faith to reach out and take it and eat and and receive what they need from you. And, Lord, as we pray for people this morning, I pray, God, for words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We ask, Lord, that you would just illuminate our minds as your ministers, that we would be able to see past the obvious, God, and we would see the heart. And I ask, God, that you would do miracles like we've never seen before, that people would be just spectacularly healed this morning we also pray god that people's families and marriages would be restored we ask god that you give people direction on what to do and and what not to do 
even this morning, God, as we pray. So, Lord, just be in the hearts of your people. Draw them, God, as they need to come. And so I just encourage you, church, if you need prayer, I want you to make your way to the front and make it um, as quickly as possible. Um, don't worry if there's several people up here waiting. Just wait your turn, and we will get to you. And if you are not going to come up for prayer and you feel like the Lord's released you, then we just want to say, be blessed, have a great afternoon. We love you, and so uh, just stay as long as you like. Come up for prayer, or you're dismissed if you feel like you need to go.